2: Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Mel.
1: I'm Helen. And I'm Janet.
2: It's been half a year now, but I officially joined Helen and Janet in the 30 Club. Whether it's the last four years since ABG started or the last 10 years, we have learned a lot.
0: When people ask me what I love about my 30s, easily the answer is that I gained a lot more of a sense of self-confidence based on the journey of getting through your adolescent phase and your early adult years.
1: Yes, I totally agree. Uh, I've also learned in my 30s to just give less fucks. So today, we're going to spend some time sharing the collective and also individual pieces of advice and tips that we've gained along the way to help us enter and thrive in our 30s. So let's kick it off by talking about our careers. What have we learned or what are some tips that we have for our listeners in the category of career?
0: Yeah. So I'll start first. Okay. This one was a pretty big one that I learned. Um, and it's that your work is not your worth.
1: Yes. Your work is not your your worth. It took me a long time
0: to really understand this one. Yeah, me too. I would say that in terms of your career, it is okay to focus and want to focus on your career and put all your energy into it. I mean, for a lot of people in their 20s right now who are listening in, you know, you just got out of college, you're still Mm -hmm. fresh in the workforce, and you've transitioned into this new phase of your life that you've been working so hard for, right? Mm -hmm. And it's exciting and new, but Try not to lose sight of the fact that your life is more than just your job, Mm -hmm. your family, your friends, your passions, your health. These are super vital to the balance in your life. I know for me, like I said earlier, this was a huge lesson for my 20s, where with age, we have the benefit of hindsight, right? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you confidently that I was so consumed in my work that it became my identity. I became very good at Excel. (laughs) I became very good at what I did at work. And I remember when one of my boyfriends asked me, what is it that you're good at outside of Excel and finance? What are your passions? And other than volleyball, which I stopped playing after a while because work got so busy, Mm -hmm. I honestly had nothing. I remember thinking to myself, I'm really good at collecting seashells and rocks from different beaches. Mm -hmm. And that was actually my answer to him. And he was just like, really? I don't see a lot of like bags that's labeled. I just see a lot of bags of sand. I'm like, damn it. He's right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, who are you kidding that it it was clear that work became my identity Mm -hmm. and it became my worth. Mm -hmm. And, Um, anytime something went wrong at work, it affected the rest of my life and my relationships. And those, you know, sometimes became toxic because of work. So for anyone out there who is in their twenties, even their thirties and beyond, I feel like this is just like a, a, a lesson in life that, you know, you might pick up during different times in your journey of your career, but if you feel so consumed by work, Try and find something outside of work that you love to do. Mm. Even if it's collecting seashells and you actually love to do it. But, you know, and also just invest in the relationships that you have. That was a huge learning lesson. Like your parents, they're getting older and older every time you visit them. Between 20 and 30, if we're looking at this decade of this period of time of what we've learned from, your parents have aged 10 years too.
1: Mm.
0: You know, so make the time for the people that you love. Um, because in this short period of life, these things really do matter.
1: That was a beautiful piece of advice to start out with. I definitely, definitely agree with that, Helen, and it took me probably all the way into my early 30s to really understand what that meant and actually live that versus Mm -hmm. just knowing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Another piece of advice or tip that I kind of go back to when it comes to my career in the last decade is when it comes to the long run, Attitude is more important than skill. And what I mean by that is that I think you need a certain level of skill in all jobs, right? But up to a certain point, there are diminishing returns if you just get really, really good at the technical aspect. And the difference will be if people like working with you. Mm. You know, there's that saying, it's like, people will forget what you said and what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. Um, I still remember at one of my um, UX roles, I had like, you know, a mid-year review with my boss and I walked in and at this point I was still pretty early in my career so I was still feeling very insecure about like my technical skills and I just kept telling, I kept focusing on, you know, I know I need to get better at this, get better at that and he was like, "Whoa, relax." When it comes to design, there's like a technical focus or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's the people skills and if people actually like working with you, mm-hmm. that is going to make a difference. So that always really stuck with me. And I think that that's something that, you know, I, I, especially especially when you're younger in your career, you focus so much on, this, uh, on the technical skills, mm-hmm. but also know that at some point you really need to keep the bigger picture in mind, which is you're working with people. And yeah. do people like working with you? And do you bring a good energy to the team? Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Very true.
1: That's a very good advice.
2: Uh, My career advice is, or it's something I learned, is your dream career may not exist yet. And I think even us three, we could look at what we do now. I don't know what a podcaster was 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, I didn't listen to podcasts when I was 20 or 21. And I just think about in college and the year I was about to graduate and even the year after for post-grad, I was on LinkedIn looking for all these jobs that I didn't, like I just thought these were the only options. Mm. But we're living in a very, I want to say, we're living in a time where everything is progressing forward, right? There's new careers, there's new job titles that are existing now. And maybe Mm -hmm. the thing that with your job, with your skill set, with your personality, maybe it's just not made yet. Yeah. So I think in a lot of ways, looking back at my own career, like social media marketing was just coming up. It wasn't a big thing then. You know, doing digital media, being a producer, doing podcasting, I, I didn't exist when I was looking like formally for a job mm-hmm. in college. So I think that's something I learned and maybe your dream career will be something that is created in the next five to 10 years. So you never know.
1: Yeah, totally agree with that. I think things are, I mean, even UX design kind of exists mm-hmm. in some format, but it's changed so much and what that role means in yeah. the last like decade. So we know that careers are really important in you know your twenties and thirties, but equally, if not more important, is self-care and Mm self-help. What have we learned in that department?
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm drinking my green juice right now, trying to
0: (laughs) (laughs) self-care my body. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, as I
2: looked at Hella, I saw a drop of like saliva underneath her lip. (laughs) So I'm just like (laughs) Mm, tasty one. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I'll go first. I would say eat all that greasy, salty stuff in your twenties while you can. Or get a bidet, and, <laughs> yeah. Because okay, I'm saying the same. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's how you want to deal with it, right? So I see. Okay, yeah, honestly, like in my twenties, I do, I, I, do like to like eat a balanced meal. But you guys know my palate is a little heavy. I love salty, salty things, and my body, like, I kind of didn't like. I won't say I, everyone poops, but like, I didn't pay attention to my poops a lot in my twenties. Your digestive system, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I'm realizing that th- the same things that I ate in my early 20s now really hurt my stomach. Mm. And we, people are talking about gut health a lot now. Yeah, and yeah. it's something I'm looking into because I'm just like, wow, I love boat noodles, for example. Yeah. I know if I eat boat noodles the next day, I'm going to be on that toilet, like, <laughs> <suffering>. <laughs> But before it was fine. Mm-hmm. Mm. And for me, I'm like, okay, like, it's just like, now I'm more aware of, like, what foods that my body need yeah, to be able yeah. to produce... You know, really good poop, you know? Yeah. So, um, I just feel like it, your body changes and as you get yes. older. So these are things just to note.
1: Yeah. I mean, digestive health is a big thing. And I think in your 20s, you can get away with it a lot more easily, right? You yeah. can bounce back and it's fine. But in your 30s, you really feel it if you're not pooping mm-hmm. good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and that's why, like, I have a bidet now. Also, because it's, you know, it's nice to have a bidet, you know? But... That was my advice.
1: (laughs) Get a bidet. I I mean, that's a good one.
0: (laughs) I have one. I still, I don't like how it feels. I don't know if anyone out there, if you like bidets or don't, but it's just like weird. It takes some getting used to. I
2: will say the one we all have, it's very powerful. (laughs) Yeah. It is
0: effective, right?
2: Uh, It also like hurts sometimes we, ha- we have like this like
0: makeshift one kind of that just shoots a st- it, con- it connects to the water source and then just shoots a stream at you and really? if you're standing far away it will like shoot out of the toilet so it's a pretty strong stream but yeah. it's not one of those like toto built-in yeah. bidets
2: where it's heated
0: yeah where it's heated and nice this one's just like a stream of water that's just like <laughs> puncturing your butt yeah yeah
2: <laughs> i don't want to go into my bidet uh, routine but yes <laughs> oh do you turn it on lightly is that what you do I turn it on lightly but then like I kind of maneuver myself to make sure it you know hits the right angle
1: huh. oh okay
2: and also the Arbidet doesn't have a like a dryer
1: yeah so you're oh. just kind of
2: sitting there, like, do I like shake harder,
0: <laughs> <laughs> wag your tail like a yeah, dog? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, ah, okay. I'm like, it did come with these towels, these like bamboo fiber towels yeah. or whatever. Oh, so
1: that's probably how you're supposed to. But try I don't want,
2: want like a basket of like. Yeah, whatever. You use yeah,
0: that over yeah. and over again, right? That's kind of gross. That is
2: gross. Yeah. So I gave mine adjusted. <laughs> but yeah, that's my story. Okay. How are you, Helen?
0: Well, mine would be <laughs> a little less fun, but very serious and mm-hmm. very important. Mm-hmm. Seek therapy early is what I would say. So I would say that in my 20s, I always felt, and it's, it probably happens for like a lot of people in their 20s because you're just getting out of your adolescent body. You're just becoming an adult. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think about just when we actually start becoming humans with adult functioning brains, and it's like, really late in our lives it's Mm -hmm. probably like college Mm. is a decision that you probably made for the first time ever because otherwise for elementary high school you just go to the schools that you have to go to within your like jurisdiction or whatever your parents choose for you but after college it's like you're making decisions so Mm. I always felt like I was growing into my own skin but also felt like I was raging to find purpose Mm. raging to get Mm. out of my body raging to escape reality Mm. and I think in our, in our teens and even 20s when we were growing up in like the 90s, mental health and therapy was not normalized. Like mm. No friends ever, ever talked about it. We hear about it all the time now. But for me, it was the scariest thing for me to seek therapy. And I wish I could have gone earlier. Mm. So I would say seek therapy early. And I want people out there listening right now to know that you really don't have to have anything quote unquote wrong with you to seek yep. therapy. Everyone has thoughts and they're not always positive. And talking to someone who is unbiased, you know, someone unbiased and third party can really help you to release those thoughts and at least understand them without judgment. So definitely if you're on the cusp of thinking about it, prioritize it. Go and seek therapy early and do it
1: in your 20s, Mm. if not earlier. Did you um, know about therapy when you were in high school or the concept? I don't like, when think you do so. Remember? No, yeah. it was like counselor. High school yeah, counselor right, right. is basically your mm. therapist, yeah, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Or if you watch on movies, it's very like the typical like Freudian looking dude who like mm. you're like some moment, like a white woman is laying down on couch complaining about her life.
1: So I feel right. like therapy yeah. got more like a,
0: a luxury. A luxury. Yeah. Yeah. Or like an institutionalized right. like, Either thing. super serious or just yeah. like,
1: but not within reach for any normal person. Right, yes. Right, yes. right, right, yeah.
0: right. And now, look at this. Our yeah. progressive society. Everyone's like therapy at your fingertips. Yeah. Yep.
1: What about for you, Jay? For me, uh, a big thing that I picked up was the fact that you are your habits, which I think people say over and over. But um, an additional thing I want to add to that is that you can actually change your habits too. And I think the time to really pay attention to that is in your twenties and thirties, because if you think about like you know, it's all of those micro actions that create the life that you have. And I think and i think about three categories specifically i think about what you eat how you move and how you think and the last decade is really when i kind of dug into those activities and i can see that in 10 10 to 15 years later the difference between the people who paid attention to that and the people who did not because your body does then build resilience or starts to decrease much faster because mm-hmm. of that um and uh you know, when it comes to how you move, I think it's like getting into any type of moving um, habit. It doesn't have to be intense exercise. In fact, when you get older, it's a lot harder to maintain intense exercise. I think something as simple as walking your dog, to, you know, going on um, daily walks during your work breaks when you grab coffee, just getting outside 10 minutes a day, like building those small habits so that you just start to, it becomes something you actually want to do and you enjoy. Uh, when it comes to food that you eat i think a lot of uh you know people especially women in their 20s we focus on what you shouldn't eat Uh, i think flipping that and really focusing on what you should eat just who you know instead of thinking about whatever things that you think you should be avoiding thinking about are you getting the nutrients and the vitamins and the minerals that you need so make sure that you just build a habit of getting those all the time and then you'll build like um uh, a taste for those things and you'll start to crave them Uh, And then how you think, and this goes back to the therapy too. And I think that was something that I really focused on um, more just in actually the early part of my thirties. And it's just knowing that the habit of how you think will affect everything. It affects your mood. It affects then how you behave, how you come off to the world and how the world responds to you. So you are your habits. And also this is the time to change them if you don't like them.
0: Mm, I like that one. Mm
1: And another one, um, this one might sound a little random, but if you are from LA, you will feel me. Uh, <laughs> consistent long commutes, especially in cars and sitting in traffic will make you fucking moody. So <laughs> I think people underestimate, they always come back at the end of the day or at the end of the week and they're like, God, I'm so tired. And you mm-hmm. think about how like, oh man, it's probably like my job is so draining or like damn that like coworker is so freaking annoying. I don't think people understand how much of their negative mood is attributed to the fact that they're sitting in cars Mm -hmm. for like more than an hour every day over the course of a year that's like however many that's like almost a thousand hours probably right that you're spending in a car i still remember when i spent a semester in chinese medicine school uh, my physiology teacher constantly emphasized how unnatural it is to be in that position in your body to sit in a Mm -hmm. car Um, and especially in LA. He just kept emphasizing how that's incredibly damaging. And Chinese medicine is one of those practices where they focus a lot on those Chinese habits because it's what you do consistently Mm. that builds up over time. So I don't know, just something to keep in mind guys, especially after this pandemic, and we've all known what it's like when you don't have a commute and maybe how that's improved your life. Um, You know, just something to think about for the long-term of your career finding jobs where the commute is not so horrible
2: I, I agree to that i noticed i was working the same company for a while and then every year i moved closer and closer because i couldn't yep. stand it anymore mm-hmm. so i agree
1: yeah over time i think it's like if you're if you're you know if it's like a first job and you do it for like a year or so but if consistently for like 10 years you're driving mm-hmm. an hour or more every day oh, that's not good for you so <laughs> any other tips ladies I would say, this is for self-care, I would okay. say figure out
0: a skincare routine mm. and start taking care of your post-puberty skin early. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people start late. I guess it's yeah. never too late to start, yeah. but I just know a lot of friends in their like, mid-20s are like, okay, I need to figure out my skincare routine. It's like, we should have started way earlier because it has yeah. compounding Benefit, benefit, <laughs> <laughs> or like, or but like
1: exponential. Be- oh, damn! What is that? Is it preventative
0: too? Preventative.
1: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take care of your skin. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I heard somewhere like that. The moment you start wearing makeup is when you should start um. using like eye cream and things mm. like that. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense because you're
0: wiping these like harsh chemicals off of your face too, yeah. and you're like wiping it pretty hard, and you should get it all off your face too. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit.
1: and I feel like actually within I don't know about you ladies but I think within Asian culture like women do push this a lot more than generally in, in um, American culture, right? Like mm-hmm. did your moms like or your grandmothers, oh where you all constantly see them doing face routines mm-hmm. and stuff? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It's funny because now when I do my nighttime skincare, I always think of my grandma because I used to wait in bed for Aww. her, waiting for her to like put on all her skin stuff and take her like, 20 minutes and she'll come with this oily skin. I'm like, huh? <laughs> and now I get it though. But now,
1: yeah, now you yeah. pick up her routine, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: All right. So my next advice for self-care and self-help is your relationship with yourself is going to evolve. So figure out your self care tool soon and this will help you build your independence like for example you're growing older change transitions are going to happen in your life so like sometimes that might get you in a funk right so know yeah. what works for you to like bring you back to center i know that sounds really woo woo, but for me i know when i'm having a really tough time or a tough day i know i need just quiet time to process my thoughts and journal that helps my mind not wander into negative thoughts or spiral out mm. so for me knowing that like journaling meditation and just alone time really helps me So it's just kind of like um, these tools I have in my back pocket just to go –
1: just to reference. Yeah. I had one that was kind of very similar to that. I think that by now, um, everyone's probably experienced at least one really, really hard period in their life where they actually weren't sure if they were going to make it through, right? Mm -hmm. Like you really – you were tested. Mm -hmm. But you did. So, yeah, when you come out of that, you know – you know hopefully you've picked up tools of how to take care of yourself but i think also hopefully now you've experienced either like grief or feeling Mm -hmm. stuck or not having control in your life and that allow that to build a greater sense of like empathy and humility so that Mm -hmm. when you meet people in your life and you see them struggling Mm -hmm. your you know reaction is less about what's wrong with them and more like ooh, like i i understand Yeah. yeah And along the same lines, I would say, um, treat yourself as
0: you would your best friend. Mm. I think a lot of times we have so much negative self-talk and you can ask yourself when you're going through those thought processes, would I actually say this to my friend? And if you say no, maybe try and reframe how you are talking to yourself. Talk to yourself kindly because you are an ever evolving, beautiful work in progress. So keep that in mind.
1: relationship to ourselves is so important and we've gone through some of those tips that we've learned. What about, you know, when it comes to relationships with other people?
2: Mm -hmm. I think the first thing that I think of right away is your friendships are going to change. Um, I think when you think about your high school friendships and like kind of your nostalgic friendships, do you think it'll remain the same? Because it's always been that way for so long, but you're growing. Like we said before, you're evolving. So your friendships are going to change. And, sometimes those friendships or, re- or potential romantic relationships might come to an end. Mm-hmm. And those failed relationships, a failed relationship doesn't mean that you're a failure yourself. Yeah. Like, for example, let's say you're talking about a friendship, right? If it ends, it's easy to be like, damn, I'm such a shitty friend or like, was I not doing it yeah. enough, whatever. But sometimes things need to end for you to kind of move on and grow. In a romantic relationship, I think we all have this tendency, or I do, is that when things don't work out, and he says, hey, I don't see it going anywhere. I go, I think automatically, like, oh, did I do something wrong? Like, what? Like, am I not enough? What's like, wrong what's wrong with yeah. me? You know, like, if only I was this, if I was mm. more, more status of this level or whatever. But in reality, it's just that, like, no, we're just not a right fit. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's easy
2: to put it on yourself. But I, I, I think I just remind myself that, like, you know, I'm not wrong. There's mm. no right or wrong. It's just, like, we're not it. Like, I can't describe
1: yeah. it. Or I mean, it could be something that the other person is going through in their life, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's oftentimes the thing that we always think that something about us, when it could be a timing thing, it could be their own mm-hmm. development is a little immature. They're not ready yet. We mm-hmm. never know. Yeah, um, kind of along that. My something that I took away is uh, what people say they are looking for when it comes specifically to dating doesn't always match what they're actually ready for. So you know, on dating apps, there's like, what are you looking for? A relationship? I don't know. You know, and I say this because I was that person. I think there was uh, for the last like probably like ten. 10 years, I've been like, I'm looking for a relationship. But then I kind of reflect now in hindsight and I'm like, probably for a lot of those early years, I thought I was like, I thought, you know, consciously that I was. But if you look at the way I dated, I probably wasn't really ready for it. And I don't think I behaved in a way that actually was trying to support me finding a relationship. So just keep that in mind that it's not what someone says may not actually be, they might not know themselves that well. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
1: Well, I have another one for relationships. That's kind of random, but... You know, this is something
0: I learned. When you are on a date or out with friends, know your go-to bar drink. That was something I remember when I first started going to bars. I was just like, I don't know, cranberry vodka. I said cranberry vodka so often, but it's like the most basic of all drinks out there. Like, at least do orange juice and vodka I don't know let's just switch it up now my go-to drink is water and vodka so it's actually pretty similar um but I do like the taste of it it's not too sweet because I think the sweet actually gives me a hangover yeah so I do water vodka or a red zinfandel which is my favorite yes what about for you ladies do you know your drinks
2: it changes I will say though I, I totally agree because you know I remember thinking as a young 20 year old I was like I don't want to be like can I get an AMF because it definitely shows, <laughs> it shows your age a little bit I mean it's yeah. not a bad thing but you're yeah, like yeah. I'm Long get, Island iced tea yeah it's like I'm obviously gonna get fucked up you know yeah. but, um I think for a long time it was Jameson and Ginger mm. but now after Janet made this really good mixed drink is uh Gin and Tonic actually oh yeah um, it's pretty good you know it's I feel, I feel a little grown, you know, but Yeah, yeah. Like gin and tonic. How about you? Yeah. I
1: definitely say, um, I think that when I was in like my earlier 20s, people kind of judge you based off the drink oh, yeah. that you order. Right. And especially if you go out with certain people in, I think it's like within, um, like business consulting and within finance. I remember when I go get people, you would, always, the guys like, I want a whiskey something or whatever. Yeah. Right. And you're like, so, I want a
0: cranberry boy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, I used to just drink like whatever the, the, the drink was of that time. Mm. So I think nowadays I do, I do prefer clear. So it's like vodka or tequila soda. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do remember for period, I probably ordered all the, I don't know, what did women order? Probably there was also, I think for women, it's like, if you order a martini, it's more like uh. it shows that you can like, you can hold your alcohol, right? Oh. Cause they tend to be, so mm. people do judge, yeah. which is, you know, that's just the reality, I guess, of the young workforce world. <laughs> that's true.
2: I'm going to add on to Helen's, uh, tip, which I need to still work on it all myself. It's... you Make sure you know how to pronounce the drink you're ordering. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. Like, when it comes to wines, I'm not the expert out of us three. And I do I do like white wine over red. I don't know how to pronounce it all the time. <laughs> like, I think it start off as a joke because I'll be honest. Like, a white wine actually is my drink of choice sometimes on a yeah, date because yeah. it's light. It tastes good. But I don't know. It's Sauvignon Blanc? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong, right? That's wrong. Sauvignon Blanc? <laughs> It's Sauvignon Blanc, right? Yeah, there you, Blanc. there you go. There like, you That's
1: beautiful. I'll
2: be honest. Th- so there's an ongoing joke that I have with ladies. I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's Sauv- Sauvignon Blanc. Like I said it wrong for so long as a joke that when I went on a date, I was like, can I get the...
1: Oh shit! Which is like- I
2: literally, and then I had to like I think I audio messaged Dan. I was like, it's Savonio. I had to yeah, like- <laughs> Vigil- yeah. She did a
1: voice recording, and she's like, is this how you pronounce it? I was like, yes, you yeah. good, you're good. I had
2: to make sure. So, but now I still I'm not gonna lie. I'm still on dates, and they're like, which like is the California? Blah blah blah. I was like, sure. Yeah. That's <laughs> only twelve dollars a glass. So I still don't know, but
0: just get a Chardonnay. Chardonnay next time.
2: Chardonnay, like <laughs> girls. Chardonnay. <laughs> um yeah so please don't <laughs> judge me if you're gonna date with me no
1: but uh sure don't eh? yeah. <laughs> let's see like when it goes zinfandel like is that red or white it could be it white it could be either yeah, yeah. white or red or a zinfandel is one of those weird ones that could be see i don't know this stuff actually usually it's red huh i don't like maybe it's not white there yeah there are white ones too. There are white ones? yeah okay so yeah yeah
2: it's okay we're still learning but yeah. you know, it'd be nice if you know how to pronounce it yeah <laughs> um and i just this is an advice for myself <laughs> all right speaking of like you know drinking and knowing your drink and knowing how to pronounce your drink i think another tip we want to add on to this is like dude know your hangover routine i can't tell you how many times in my early 20s when like you know i'm still trying to like living out in a new city you're having fun and the next day you feel like shit
1: yeah and
2: not like your hangover routine i had a pre-drinking routine to prepare my stomach Uh. i learned i'm the person that literally google when i'm hungover what do you do when i'm hungover hangover hungover and before i drink i always google what to do before you drink so i won't get a hangover (laughs) I know I do research, um, but for me, before drinking, I would actually eat a slice of toast, take a spoonful of olive oil mm-hmm. oh, to so line you your stomach, stomach. Mm-hmm. and then after the hangover routine, I drink a, uh, I drink Gatorade sometimes, and uh, order pho mm.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good routine. That is a good routine.
2: But I feel like YouTube bounce back really quick usually for hangovers. Mm.
0: And definitely with age, it does impact you a lot more. Yeah. And I think it's the next... So this was weird. I think in my 20s, the next day, I actually woke up earlier. For some reason, after I drink. I get up early. I don't know why. I think it's because like I'm my body's just like I don't I don't know. It's actually like,
1: naturally when you have hard liquor or alcohol, mm-hmm. you can't it, it interrupts your sleep. Mm-hmm. So you I would usually yeah. wake up within 4 to 5 hours of when yeah. I went to bed. Yeah. So
0: yes, I would wake up. At, yeah, and then I would yeah. go on runs. Yeah. Oh my god. So, <laughs>
1: actually that was my cuz you know why when you sweat, you, it leaves your body. It helps so much yeah. when you
0: work work yeah. out. It, it sounds crazy. I, I know, but if I didn't feel too bad obviously, yeah. I would get up and I would be like okay, I know once I get some air, once I get some sun, once I see people that are not drunk around me, yeah. like yeah, I'm yeah. going to be in this environment yep. of just trying to
1: rid myself, rid my body of all these toxins. Yeah. And it helps. Yeah. You sweat it out. That actually was my routine too. Yeah. After I go out for a night of drinking, I get up in the morning and I go <sighs> I'm on the treadmill. I wasn't going out, oh, wow. but honestly the, and it made you like you're full of energy. But of course then, because you only have like four to five hours of sleep and mm-hmm. you're exerting all this energy, then I would get really tired like, yeah. for a nap in the mm, day. But yeah. it actually, yeah, you actually feel like you. the alcohol and the night of drinking gave you an extra boost. It's weird, <laughs> not, it's weird. Maybe not a good thing to recommend. Try it out, try it. Now in my thirties, yeah. I think I'm just like, peace for the rest of the day. Yeah. I'm out, knocked out till like 2 p.m. Don't bother me, don't yeah. text me. I would say that's how my routine has changed. In my twenties, it was get up for a run to sweat it out. In my thirties, it's let me sleep for 12 hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, it also depends on the person. I, I just, I'm a log- <laughs> well, I never got to I mean, I'm of like running and drunk, but there reminds me, there was a time where um Helen I used to go out a lot and then I would sleep over a place in Santa Monica. And the next day I'd be like bedridden in her bed and she'd be like, I'm gonna go out for a run um, run a couple <laughs> ten miles on the beach. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> this what the hell? And so I'm just yeah, very different. But yeah, everyone has their own tactics. Yeah. Just know your own way. Figure, figure out your works, right?
0: hangover routine. Yes.
2: yes. Ooh, okay, so I have the next one is um my next I guess like adv- not advice or tip, but something I learned in my twenties is that some guys are not ready to settle down even though you thought they would be in their 30s mm-hmm. i had this perception that in my 20s i'm like yeah in my 30s this is a time where i want to like start having a family and guys by then will be ready to settle down no that's not true mm-hmm. i mean a lot of guys i know in their 30s still want to play and aren't ready to you know start a yeah. family and, I, and now knowing that i'm like everyone has their own t- different timeline i'm more understanding but like if i if you ask myself when
1: i was 22 i would be like, oh yeah
2: all the guys in their 30s yeah i don't know i just had that mentality yeah, yeah.
1: Do you feel like now guys, like that's changing too? Like maybe for some reason guys are settling down later or like they're playing longer? Yeah. I mean, it feels like everyone, everyone. is, right? Yeah, Even like yeah. compared
0: to our parents' age, it's like yeah. a decade later now. I agree. That's good. That's a good reality check. Yes. That takes age and time to figure out. Um, my next one, and this still falls under relationships, is that your body is your temple and I would say that this is a very personal opinion, but one that I felt good about implementing in my 20s, and when I say your body is your temple, I think that can mean many things, right? It's like what you eat, how you treat yourself, and all of that, I'm saying it in the context of make sure that whoever you're allowing into or on your body, (laughs) (laughs) that you don't feel icky afterwards Mm. because your body is very precious and it's a very personal part Mm. of you that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. And honestly, no one deserves to quote unquote, leave their mark on you unless you feel comfortable enough and confident enough that they do. Right. Mm, So again, I think this was very personal to me and and my needs. Um, And I know everyone's needs are different, but I think the general rule of making sure you don't feel icky after encounters with other bodies. Yeah. I think that applies to everyone.
2: Yeah. I I, I love that advice. Um, I think it's, I think everyone has different, like like you said, like you see your body as a temple. I I always saw my body as a garden. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, a farm. She's a garden as a pasture. My yeah. body's a, a pasture. pasture. A farm. You know? <laughs> a farm. That was a big, really bad joke. No, but, like, <laughs> I. <laughs> Sorry, I just ruined Helen's really beautiful advice. <laughs> my God, my body's a farm with all these. <laughs> <laughs> I think that everyone has their own different relationship with their body, right? And how they. I just imagine, like, cows
0: and stuff on your farm. Like, <laughs> who are you mining into your farm? Right? <laughs> yeah 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 she's looking at me like Sweet. <laughs> never mind yeah. uh, what whatever I, never mind
2: <laughs> it's because you know what i've always had this mentality where like i'm when it comes to intimacy and letting people like see or enter mm. i feel like my body is like a precious thing that only certain people are able to see mm-hmm. like i don't only i see my naked body right yeah so letting either, someone else see it i'm just like this is like i mean it's It's just so personal. It is very Mm. personal for me. So I'm like I'm not letting anyone in.
1: I liked I like the statement of do you feel ick after? That's a really good way to capture it, right? Um is yeah, because if you feel okay, that's fine. But if you don't if you feel like ooh Yeah. Kyle (laughs) (laughs) Ooh I feel like (laughs) ooh. I think that's a really good way to like Uh, explain it, is the ick test. Do Mm -hmm. you feel ick afterwards, right? It's a good measure to to decide did you just treat your body the way that you wanted it to be treated. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here now trying to think of what is my body. If your body is a temple and hers is a garden farm, oh,
0: it's a garden. Sorry,
2: What's <laughs> a farm. <laughs> it's a garden. Yours is a garden. Yeah. No. But how do you see your like, how, like? I was
1: like, is my body the ocean? I don't know. A like, oh, body of water. Because oh. no, you do like sea animals, though. Here's the thing: like when you talk oh, yeah. about, <laughs> it's true. You don't want to <laughs> don't, see animals in you. <laughs> I don't like sea animals, but um, I have a like. For some reason, I think it's like when it's if it were my close friends, I would feel shy about showing my body. But when I think about like growing up and dancing and you know, in the when you're changing, mm. like I actually didn't care to because you just don't you you start to think of your body as like the instrument of the thing yeah. and everyone's mm. just changing, right? Yeah. So mm. for some reason I don't really I, I don't think, know how to explain it. Yeah, yeah, I I can see
2: that. I mean I think for me for maybe when Helen's example, I thought of it more as my relation with my body and intimacy. Like, mm. yeah, I used to change for show choir and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. We changed for volleyball. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's a different context. So like, if yeah. I really had to define my body in terms of intimacy yeah. and how I show who I choose to let in, that's how I define yeah, my, yeah. my... That is a good... Yeah, yeah, that's a good
1: distinction. I think I'm also thinking about like... Because probably between the three of us, like I have shared on the podcast that like in my 20s, I did like one night stands and different things like that. But when you said the ick test, did I ever feel ick after? I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why did I not I don't know maybe yeah. I think maybe in those moments it's like your body is a museum <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good one you let it's like yeah you, there's certain like you know gals, missions. yeah certain emissions you're like you know what there's a special viewing tonight <laughs> <laughs> only sometimes
1: that is a good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not
2: open admission yeah there's yeah. certain special like you know paint some artists have special like
1: I- exhibits or exhibits
2: yeah
0: I like that I like that's that. a good yeah We're, okay wait why I'm still trying to figure out garden
2: Oh, I, feel yeah. like, I feel like the Garden of Eve, like, very, like, golden oh, and sacred. Oh, sacred. Okay. sacred yes. For me, it's sacred. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. also
0: a paid admission garden.
2: <laughs> no. Oh,
0: it's an open admission
2: garden? No, it's very, like, you have to find a golden ticket to get in. Okay. And there's, there's a couple. Oh. Okay, okay. But they're not, sometimes, you know, some are frauds. Some are frauding <laughs> <Some are> fraud. <laughs> like, tickets. Some are fake tickets that, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that's not it. It's okay. I will also say that this requires
0: some foresight, too, to make sure right. that you don't have the ick. Because yes. you never know. You could be like in the moment, like, sure, this is a thing. And then afterwards you feel the like, ick. But it does require a lot of foresight of like, okay, who is this person? Yeah. Do I feel comfortable with this person? Yes. Is he or she making me feel comfortable in this moment before yes. the, the thing happens? Yeah. And that does require a lot of like, you know, just thinking ahead. Yeah. Preparing yourself. Very good piece of advice. Yes. In your garden, in your temple, in your museum, in your farm, <laughs> <or> wherever <laughs> you are. Ocean, <laughs> the whatever ocean, yes. <laughs> Okay,
1: another one that I have under relationships is... Um, it's not settling if your priorities change and likely your priorities will. Mm. I think I still remember maybe one of our really early episodes that Mel and I were talking and at the time you were in your 20s and I was probably just, it was like when we first started a podcast and I remember trying to explain like, like maybe I used to look for I don't know, a random quality in a guy. And now I don't anymore. And you're like, and I remember you asking, isn't that settling? And I thought about it. I was like, damn, is it settling if like the thing changes? But then Mm. I'm like, oh, actually it's because I I don't value that quality as much as I used to. Mm. So if it is settling, if you still want that thing and you're like, okay, I don't need it. Right. But if you're literally saying this quality in and of itself is not as valuable to me anymore, Mm -hmm. It's okay. Your priorities will change. That's a good one. Yeah. What about any tangible tips that we have for our listeners?
2: I was talking to my roommates about this and my one tip, and I still don't 100% can comprehend this and maybe Helen help me expand, is I would open up a Roth IRA if you're not in a crazy income bracket because it's non-taxable and it helps you save up for retirement. Like... I think saving money, like when you just start out, when you're just starting out with work, you're not, you kind of don't know how to do that because it's your first time having an income and you want to just like, you know, blow it on like, oh, Coachella or things like that. Mm -hmm. But, but you should also just start thinking like, you know, long-term, what do you want even for your retirement? Like, yeah, I wish I started earlier. I started way too late for my wrong. Yeah.
0: I would say definitely right when you're, I don't know, legal. I don't even know when you can get a credit card, but. Do that like soon, you know, Mm -hmm. take the time to get the basics of your personal finances in place, especially Mm -hmm. in your 20s. Set up, I think these are the basics, like set up a checking or savings account, start building up credit with a credit card, build up your points, right? Get a card that has good points and look at your, the way that i Pick my credit card was I looked at my three months of spend. What did I spend on? What are the categories that I mostly spend on? Is it groceries? Is it travel? Is it entertainment? What is it, right? And then once you figure that out, look for cards that give you more points for those categories that you spend on. And also make sure you pay your bills on time. I can't say that enough. That is very important. And mm. I know a lot of my friends, they're like, oh, wait till like the last minute or pay the minimum balance. So like if you can, just try and pay off the full balance and pay it frequently and on time yeah. um and also in your 20s just start thinking about investing i know that is like a huge category in itself and it's very complicated and confusing but it it is it does compound and it does build up especially you just leave it there starting in your 20s by the time you're 30 it's like whoa where this money come from i didn't even touch it these are the basics i would say that um all 20 year olds
1: should you know look into Yeah. If I could add just one thing on that, Mel, I think the Roth IRA, but also once you start your job, if you have a 401k, contribute, even if it's just little. And I still remember like, I didn't understand this. And my my parents pushed me in my first job to like, start putting money away. And I was like, I don't know if I like, then it it cuts into my monthly spending. Mm -hmm. And they're like, if you need to borrow money from us or from whatever it is, but Like put the money in there because if you start in your 20s, it literally makes, it's exponentially different than if you start Mm -hmm. in your 30s. Mm -hmm. It's so, even if you just put it away a little bit because it compounds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A lot of
0: larger companies too, they will match. They will match. So make sure, I remember at EY, I think it was like 6% and that's, Quite a good amount. So I put in the 6% or yes, the 6% and then they match that, which is basically giving you free money. Free money. So don't miss out on that, especially if you're working on these larger corporations that have that as a benefit.
1: That's the one thing I regret was not putting in more in my 20s. To match? Yeah or like I did for a period and then I remember for certain periods I was like I'm just going to like lessen the contribution a little bit cuz you know I'm like going out on the weekends. Yeah. yeah. If I had just left it, you know, it that compounds. So yeah. this
2: is good advice. this is stuff I wish I knew cuz I actually got yeah. the opposite advice from your parents. Mm. I was I was advised not to because I don't make a lot, enough money. Mm. And I was like, "What?" But now I'm like I you mean, just I t- a little if I knew a little life. bit more about it, I would have been like more active with it. Yeah,
0: yeah. It depends on it depends on everyone's it situation. Seems, yeah, yeah, right? right? of course. If you need if you need it for obviously your daily activities and current spending. Like, yeah, make
2: sure you do that. True. All right. So the next tangible tip I would share is I would Google before you ask for all the answers and know the difference between being resourceful and doing the research. Like, so true. I can't I don't know how to describe this, but like for example, I love you, my little brother, but <laughs> called out. Sorry. Yeah. I'll just give you an example. Brandon, I love you, but there are times when like he he'll ask me things for careers, or whatever. And some of them sometimes it's a really good like question. Like only things that you'll know through experience to how to answer. But there are things he'll ask me like about emailing. And I'm just like, this is literally something you could just Google and you would find the answer within the first like link. And I understand people are just like, Oh, I know you know the answer. I'll just ask you. That's me being resourceful. I was like, Yeah, but it's also me seeing you as being lazy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I don't see you taking the initiative or the active choice to, you know, let me Google this for myself. And I'll also say, we do get a lot of DMs asking, how do you start a podcast? What mics do you use? If you Google, we have a video and in multiple episodes, we also shared, you know, which, how do you start a podcast? You know, how we started our Mm -hmm. origin story, you know, what mics we use. And also when we started ABG, we Googled podcasting and so many helpful links came up. So just for those who also want to start a podcast, I would encourage you all to do the work, you know, take the research before, you know, you guys make, jump the gun to do it because it is, um, it is a lot of work. So the, the, the work you put in now in the research will benefit you in the future. So these are just some things I'm noticing.
1: I feel like you can Google almost anything nowadays, anything yeah. that anyone wants to do or figure out, you can take a, like, Google is an endless source of knowledge. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. I would also say that one of the bigger differentiators for people when I was working in my corporate job mm. is that I could tell if someone is doing the research yeah. and coming to me and saying, hey, I looked at this, this, and this, but yeah. I still can't figure it out. Like, can you can you point me in the right direction? They're not even asking for answers. It's just like, can you point me in the right yeah. direction? Because mm, right, I'm not finding resources. it. Yeah. And that is a huge like characteristic that I think those people become the most successful people because they're scrappy. They want to know the answer. They're going through the journey of figuring out the answer. And then they can also, you know, they're not just trying to figure out the answer they're trying to figure out how to get to the answer so that they can become better teachers for people who come after them as well. So it's like, it's a huge differentiator for anyone, whatever industry you're going into, make sure you're doing your own research. And everyone, the thing is I kept, I kept thinking to myself this too. I was like, everyone's busy. You're clearly just lazy, you know, Mm. like if you're asking someone else to help you, you don't respect their time. Mm. If you're, if you're just saying like, Hey, can you help me with this? Hey, can you help me? It's like, no, try to figure it out yourself. If you really can't figure it out, then ask the question. Yeah. Everyone's busy too. I agree. Use Google. Google is your friend. I feel like I'm just ranted from (laughs) like (laughs) Helen and corporate rant.
2: (laughs) I feel you though. It's just, I think as you get older, you have less tolerance for that stuff too.
0: Yeah. It's not like you
1: don't want to help them either. It's just like, help yourself to help me to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Google is your friend. Yes. Another piece of advice, um, laser off your armpit hair. <laughs> it is a game changer. I know this might sound random, but you know, for, for all the women who are spending your time shaving or tweezing like that irritates your skin. And, uh, uh if there's one thing, if there's one part of your body you're in a laser, I would actually say that the armpit hair is a big, is mm-hmm. a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, you know, you know, if you want the arm hair, armpit hair gone, If that's, if you, if your preference is to let it grow, that's fine. But I found for me, it was a game changer and it's not cheap. I know that, but you know, Groupon, lots of deals. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends in our, in our uh, like twenties and thirties, I remember people were getting, um, you know, hair lasered and you just find, if you keep your eye out for a good deal, you'll get that. And, uh, yeah, save save your underarm skin from any further, uh, discomfort.
0: I would agree with that one. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have very nasty armpit hair. And then after I got it lasered, even now, it's like, it's very, I still shave, but it's very like thinner, Mm -hmm. it's easier to just Mm -hmm. clean off. So that is a good one. Yes.
2: It's been on my list. It's been on your list. What are <laughs> you?
0: You're in your 30s now, girl. This I know. 30s it's, reflecting on 20s. <laughs> I know.
2: I will say it's because, yeah. like, I think Janet Jan mentioned is that it is a financial cost. It yeah, is, yeah, And yeah. depending it's on where you room. are, yeah, you can't. It's it's multiple sessions. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, is. Yeah, multiple is multiple I did. I did get consultation. I was like, yeah, I want to, but then the pandemic hit, and I was like, well, I can't do this now. Yeah, so let yeah, me yeah. see
0: armpit right now. No, it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Actually,
2: it my, is, and armpits. I'll add is it's a very it's a very insecure part for some people. So even for me, I'm like, I don't like showing it. Like, it just feels weird. That's why I'm like, you, if you feel kind of uncomfortable, like, it lasering is a good
1: option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, once again, it's like, if that is your preference, um, you know, or maybe I would change that to, maybe it's not armpit hair for people, but wherever in your body, if you have body hair that you don't want, getting it lasered, I feel like is a good investment. Like, if you can, you know, check, uh, keep your eye out for deals on Groupon and different things like that. Mel and I talk about how one of the most attractive physical qualities in a guy are his hands. But you know what else is super attractive? A clean, minty, fresh mouth. And not one that is clean with any old toothbrush, but the kind of fresh mouth that was just cleaned by a Bruce professional quality toothbrush using industry-leading sonic technology. I've been using brush for a while now, and one of my favorite things about this toothbrush is the bristle density that feels substantial, but also gentle and soft so that it's not too rough on my gum line, but effective in reducing plaque by 20%. This is one well-designed toothbrush. It's modern, aesthetically pleasing, and the charging stand is a magnetic flat surface, so it's sleek and easy to clean. Bruche also has a built-in two-minute timer, six unique cleaning modes, and four-week battery life. And they offer a subscription program that ships new replacement brush heads so you don't have to remember, which I appreciate because I always forget to replace my brush heads. Get 15% off your Bruch toothbrush kit and refill plan when you use promo code ABG at bruch.com. That's 15% off using promo code ABG at brûsh.com. hcom And lastly, we have some tips that are just kind of big picture, big picture in life, just things that we learned. Yeah. So
0: the first one um, I would say is learn to get comfortable with failing. It is a very natural part of life and a natural part of progress to fail fast, fail hard. Take those lessons with you, whatever you're learning as you're quote unquote failing or just going through the natural progression of life and get yourself back up. You're only going to be more resilient, more confident, and honestly, just a better version of yourself if you get comfortable with failing. And I know that's easier said than done, right? Definitely easier said than done because when you're in the moment, it's like panic attack. Oh my God, I'm failing. But step back, take a look at all the moments where you have quote unquote fail and just see how much you've been able to get through it and become mm-hmm. a better version of yourself. Um, in line with that, and kind of contrasting, failing to plan is planning to fail. I'm sure mm. you've all heard that mm. before, but failing to plan is p- planning to fail. And for me, I've learned that staying organized and doing a lot of work behind the scenes is just super vital to my own stress yes. relief. Showing up prepared is incredibly important to me in every aspect of my life, whether it's friends or parties or whatever it is right and I think I'm just someone who I, I like surprises but I don't like it when it's that element of surprise that throws me off my game mm. so
2: failing to plan is planning to fail
0: but get comfortable with failing <laughs> it's fucking like Dr. Seuss over here
2: I will say that Helen's are really good when it comes to like I think I learned a lot we started ABG full-time like your planning skills like kind of influenced me I'm like okay like the reason why I was stressed is because I wasn't prepared like the outline wasn't ready or things weren't like, kind of like, I guess, prepared in advance. And like, I remember Helen having a talk with me, I was like, oh, this is really helpful. So I yeah, agree. It takes away a lot of stress. It, it does. does. Yes. Uh, my advice is, um, and something I learned is that your dreams are going to evolve and change as you do. Mm-hmm. I remember um, when I was 24, my dream job was to work for Wong Fu Productions and I was able to do that. But once I landed that and it ended, I thought, now what? Mm-hmm. And I learned through a lot of like, you know, gray zone and and imposter syndrome and all that stuff that like, you're going to change. Like the things that you want in life, kind of like Janet mentioned before, it's like your values are going to change. The things that you want in life are going to change. So as you change your dreams and your aspirations are going to change and evolve with you. Like even for the podcast, we went full time. It it was a dream and it's still a dream working this job. But then now I think our goals within the podcast is also changing with us too. Yeah. So when you land that dream job or when you're chasing your dream, know that things are going to Your other dreams are going to take shift too. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Another thing that I've learned, and it took me a long time to kind of like really, really let this sit in, is that there is no need to rush and you are exactly where you are supposed to be. There's a quote by uh, John Steinbeck that says, nothing good gets away. I used to be such an anxious person when I was like in high school, college, and when I first started working. Always rushing, feeling like, oh my god, if it doesn't happen right now, like it's never gonna happen, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember I used to work so hard and try and force and push through towards like goals. And every time I forced it, it would never work out. Mm -hmm. And the things that now in hindsight that always were the best for me, whether it was in my career, in relationships, where I ended up in the world they were always the things that happened naturally and came to me. They found me, right? Um, and I would say an example, like really early in my career after I left Deloitte, uh, when I was like going on my life search, right? I think I had this craving to like do something meaningful. And like at that time in San Francisco, it's like, oh, start a company. And I was like, okay, maybe this is like a thing I should be doing or whatever. And I remember forcing and like trying to figure out, I'm like, this just doesn't feel like right. Of course, it's like, you can't start. You, I know. I was like, so new and so young. And then I let that go and I just kind of like went along my career trajectory and then look what happened ABG Mm -hmm. like 10 years later, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So I think it's just, you know, if you are supposed to or meant to you want something, trust that it will happen in time and most likely not the way you planned it. But if if it's something you really want and it's something that is meant for you, it will come and there's no need to rush. Mm, I like that one. Um, I would say... That another
0: one is nothing is as bad as it may seem. Mm. I think I am the type of person that can be really into the details of something, Mm. but also step way back and it's going to be kind of woo woo. But like see that within our cosmic existence, we are honestly nothing but a speck of dust and Mm. trying to make it through to the end of our lives, which is nothing compared to
1: all of human
0: life and all of humanity. So Mm. whatever is happening in the moment, as critical as it may seem, I always, and this is what I, I always like think to myself, okay, on a scale of one to 10, right? Like how bad is this actually? When one day I am going to experience a 10. And if I can say to myself, okay, this is more like a three, that actually helps me put things into perspective mm. and know that I'm going to be able to get through that and that's going to be okay. Yeah. So that that honestly helps me to shift my mentality of how bad something might seem. And it's not as bad as it may seem. I like that. Mm-hmm. I
1: think that, I mean, like going along when I was like saying I used to rush through everything, it's just like everything was the end of the world, right? Or like, you know, so yeah, pull back and realize that nothing is ever as bad. As bad. it may yeah. seem, mm-hmm. yes. Another one is, um, I think that everything can be simplified down to either love or fear. And it's a really hard skill to learn, but if you start to think about being able to recognize when it comes to a thought you're having um, or an action you're taking, is that action or is that thought coming out of love or is it coming out of fear? Mm. And a very easy test is, does it make you feel good or does it make you feel bad? If you're you know, like having certain thoughts about you know, a situation or, or a person, um, if it's making you feel icky, most likely it's coming out of a place of fear. You might be thinking I'm angry or I'm sad, but really, really get down to it, it's probably because you're, it's coming from you're scared of something. Alternatively, anything that you want, if it feels good, it's coming out of a place of love. So, I don't, I, that's just something I think probably focusing on more of the fear because I think people tend to then look at the outwards uh, emotion they're experiencing and think that it's like an outward cause. But fear is always about something that you have to deal internally with. And I think mm-hmm. that is something that you, to learn that we always have control of, at the end of the day, anything that we're reacting to. Oof,
0: we're getting deep, y'all. we getting <laughs> deep. Okay, here's another deep one. I would say know your personal top five values and live by them. They could be family and love, you know, excellence in everything that you do, finding inner peace, having integrity... Whatever it is, figure that out for yourself, not what family or society has told you is the right way to live your life, which I think a lot of us, we look at social media, we look at, you know, what family, there. we have a lot of influence around mm-hmm. us. And basically we want, we think that this is how life should be lived, but figure it out for yourself. What are your personal values and your personal whys for doing what you do? And if you do that, you're going to be a lot more connected and assured of yourself.
1: So know your personal top five values and live by them. Yes. Another or the last one for me, and this is probably not going to sound frou-frou and of no surprise, but I would say to be kind. Think about karma, but be kind starting with yourself. Uh, I used to, I think when I think about in my 20s, my internal dialogue was always really hard on myself. I was a very like tough love type person. And then I hit kind of like a quarter life crisis where I totally broke down. And the only way then that I could put myself back together was to really start supporting myself, right? And to start having kind of positive self-talk and things like that. And I, from that experience really learned that, oh, the outcome is so much better when I'm like nice to myself. Um, And then I thought about extending outward, right? Like whenever you're angry at someone or or angry at a situation, it doesn't affect that person or that situation. It just makes you feel like shit. So being kind to yourself and then when you are kind to other people and coming from a place of kindness just means that your internal mood is going to be better. So... Let's be kind.
0: Mm, That's kind (laughs) of like the the one you mentioned earlier. You are your habits, too.
1: Yeah. You are your habits. Learning to be kind to yourself and be kind to other people. Yes. Okay.
0: Last one for today, y'all. Enjoy your 20. Oh. (laughs) Am I still going through puberty? I guess so. (laughs) Enjoy your 20s. I know that sounds so simple, but now that I am in my 30s, I'm in a place where I have a lot of friends going through transitions, whether it's engagement or marriage or babies. And a lot of times in these transitions, there is a fear. And that fear is, have I lived out my 20s enough? Have Mm -hmm. I done all the partying I needed to do? gone out to all the nice restaurants with friends without you know someone needing me? Have I traveled all that I yearned to travel? There are so many you know moms and dads that I've talked to that are just like, man, I wish I traveled more or I feel so much FOMO not being able to go out. And of course they can still do all of that stuff, but there's a lot more factors that come into play when you're not just a solo man or a woman and you have a lot of other responsibilities and people that you have to take care of. Mm. So honestly for me, y'all know I worked hard, partied hard. So I feel very content with where Mm. I am to be making the life transitions that I am right now. Um, And I I mean, I've partied, I've lived abroad many times in my life, and I feel very privileged and lucky to have done all of that and thankful. And, you know, just to sort of close out this, this 20s, 30s learning situation, I do feel like I'm ready to open up my act to and start Mm. this new life in my 30s so excited for 30s but definitely
1: you gotta enjoy your 20s above all yeah (laughs) yeah i will say overall in my 20s i learned a lot and i'm now midway through my 30s and i have continued to learn a lot um and I do feel there's like this new level of feeling more settled in my 30s, mm-hmm. and I kind of just I'm like, damn, I want this trajectory to keep going. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to look forward into my my 40s. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. And Mel, you just entered your 30s, so how welcome are
1: you to the club. I know,
0: I know. welcome to <laughs> the cl- club.
2: In the club, buy 50 cent play now. Yeah, yeah. we in the garden. Yeah, <laughs> you mean the garden with the golden ticket? Oh, you know. <laughs> no. But I, I think as you guys are both describing, you know, your 20s and like. Um, enjoying I, I definitely feel like when helen talked about living abroad and all these things i'm like damn like you lived it out like for sure like traveling and doing all these things and oh jenna you had like the adventure of a lifetime go to new york kenya all this stuff and i think for me like yes live out your 20s but you can still do this in your 30s like if yeah. as someone who is freshly entering the 30 club yeah like t- time is still here for you to do that so i yeah. love that perspective
1: So those are some of the things that we have kind of gathered and, in, in, you know, advice and tips from the last decade, decade and a half of our lives. If you have any tips or advice that you'd like to share, um, you know, to our fellow 30 year old ABGs or younger or older, uh, please leave some comments for us.
2: And with that, um, I guess
0: this concludes this episode. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio on our Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one.
2: And I guess we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.